Welcome to Live Unreal with Jeff Glover and Glover U. All right, all right. All right, well, welcome, everybody. We're going to go ahead and jump into another one of our great winter, or at least we think are great, winter webinar series. And we're here with a hot topic right now because, of course, now that things are changing in the market, more and more buyers are starting to get picky uh, with their questions, with their negotiations. I mean, Nick, I had a buyer... Uh, they didn't like the way the doorbell chimed, and they wanted $5,000 off for concessions. So buyers are starting to to act up again now that, of course, you know, interest rates are above 6 7%. Of course, we started to see this you know, when they got above 8 Now it's great to see them starting to come down. But at the end of the day, buyer objections are not going anywhere. And here's what we know. In a hot, 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 hot seller's market, you're going to get more objections from sellers and less objections from buyers. Because in a hot seller's market, as most of you experienced in 2020, 2021, part of 2022, the the objection, uh, watch, uh, as a real estate agent, you could literally say, do you want the house or not? <laughs> and that would overcome the objection. Doesn't work that way anymore. And so we're starting to see more and more objections pop up from buyers that maybe a lot of agents either A, are a little rusty on, because it's been a few years, or B, Perhaps uh, there are objections you haven't heard before because it's only your second or third year in the industry. So that's why we're talking, handling the toughest buyer objections today. We've been handling them for over 20 years in both of our careers, Nick and I's careers. And so we know every time what they're going to say, when they're going to say it, how they're going to say it, and most importantly, how to respond. And here's what, here's what I know about buyer objections. Buyers will do business with people that they, that they trust and that they feel comfortable with. Yes. And how you develop a rapport and, and a comfort with a buyer is by being able to answer their questions fluidly, right? To where, you know, it just comes right out. It's smooth. People make decisions. We've been saying for years, Nick, as you know, people make decisions based on how you make them feel. Well, how do you make them feel a certain way? Everything that comes out of your mouth, it, it creates a feeling inside somebody else. So therefore, being smooth, being strong, being knowledgeable with every single buyer objection that could be thrown at you is important. And we're going to be talking a lot about that today because that's not only going to help you convert more buyer business in terms of over the phone, but it's going to help you convert more while you're out showing, while you're on buyer consultations, while you're negotiating inspection issues, which of course we know a lot of buyers are asking for those. So I'm super excited for today's topic. For those that are not familiar, my name is Jeff Glover and I've been listing and selling real estate now for 21 years. All right, Nick, listen, you are the authority on buyers. And why are you the authority on buyers? Because you were probably one of the few buyers agents, at least in Detroit that I knew of, that was selling over 50 sales a year. I mean, back in the day, 50 deals a year is a big deal. Now today, 50 deals a year is kind of a drop in the bucket. It's still very good. Don't get me wrong. But back then, you were one of the first to hit 50 units as a buyer's agent. And uh, you approached me and said, hey, Jeff, I think I can add some value to what you guys are doing. And, and you ended up actually, a lot of people don't know this, Nick Belmore was our first buyer's agent True. at what was called back then the Jeff Glover team. I mean, we didn't, we didn't even have a formal name. I mean, it was just like, uh, I guess we're a team now. So first name, last name, team. There we go. <laughs> Nick True. was actually the very first agent to work buyers, to handle our buyer leads, to 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 convert, you know, Zillow, Internet, Realtor, all that stuff. So, Nick, I know you've got a lot of background in working with buyers, so you absolutely are the authority on this particular topic. And uh, I won't steal all of your thunder. So if there's anything you want to add to that, feel free, because I know you've been doing this for a long time and you you know buyers like the back of your hand. Aside from, all right, one more thing I'm going to say. He's also our buyer mastery instructor, buyer 
business accelerator instructor. So um, definitely you got a lot to learn from Nick. Go ahead, Nick. I'm sorry. Well, absolutely. Number one. Uh, and even to this day, I still love buyers, you know, and I know a lot of agents start to move away because of the time factor, but ultimately I really do enjoy the process and I really do. And listen, we do teach a lot of ways to leverage with buyers. We can cut the time factor down on buyers. We won't get into all that right now, but the reality is, is there's so much that does go into it, but it's a fun process. I really still to this day, enjoy it. And I love training buyers agents. And, and right now, if you're out there to today and you're primarily working with buyers, here's the good news. It's getting easier for us than it has been in the past few years. And that is a huge piece. Now, Jeff, you had said a little bit this morning, I'm going to, I'm going to kind of give you a little pushback. You said, Hey, these buyers are getting a little crazy. I think these buyers are getting back to normal. The mm -hmm. craziness is when we had these buyers in a war and over the past 23 years of doing this and serving these buyers, there's no doubt that we're returning to a little bit more of the baseline. And we have so many great ways to be able to help people through that, negotiate with these buyers, and put yourself in position to really thrive as a buyer's agent in a market like this. So we really should just take a minute and be grateful and really celebrate the fact yeah. that it's easier today to not only get a buyer deal together, but to serve our buyer by getting them a great deal in our marketplace. Yeah, no, I love that. And you're right. You know, you say back to normal because for us, it is so normal to have buyers, you know, wanting concessions and wanting some sure. of this stuff. And so, yeah, you're right. I guess, I guess normal is a really good word to put on it because what we saw in the last couple of years was not even abnormal. I mean, it was like ridiculousness. I mean, crazy. I don't know if we'll ever see that again. Hopefully, hopefully we don't. <laughs> uh, Dick, before we get, jump into the topic today, I want to make sure everyone's got a workbook because there's a bunch of stuff in that workbook that you're going to want to make sure you have. So uh, it's going to be dropped in the chat one more time. If we can get the workbook thrown in the chat there, you're going to click on that link and just hit print. Uh, that's another way you can access all of our resources as well. And there's some really good tools in there. So make sure you download that workbook so you can follow along with us. All right, Nick, what are we talking about today? All right. So today we're going to really get into overcoming these tough objections and we're going to go into increasing our conversion. And I'm going to start with increasing our conversion for buyer's agents. And today, especially as a buyer's agent, it's really important to have good conversion because less people qualify than used to in the past. So I want to start in the beginning when we talk about conversion. And yes, you know, obviously skills, techniques are an important piece. But as buyers agents today, one of the things that I think we all need to start out with is mindset. There is so many negative things coming at us from the media and so many things coming from all directions that as buyer's agents, we need to solidify our mindset on a few different things. Number one, the opportunity that exists in this market right now for us is greater than it has been in the past. And in a lot of cases, this just came out from uh, NAR, 6,000 more agents did not renew this year, which means there is less of us competing for the business that's out there. So one of the six, things that I want to- 60,000 agents, yeah. 60,000, 60, okay, yeah, I'm sorry, I, I left to zero. That's an important piece. 60,000 uh, yeah. coming off of there, that is way less competition for us to end up dealing with as we're going forward. So again, our odds are improving and the need for our services has never been higher. So I definitely want agents to really recognize that, start to shed off and really look at some of those positive aspects 
On top of it, one of the big ones is absolutely how we can help get better deals today for our clients. So mindset's one that I want to start with as far as buyer's agents go, because we will see an increased conversion when we come in with that positive mindset, when we come in excited about what's happening in our market and what we can do to help our buyers win in a market like this. So that's a big one, right? What are we doing? And I'll tell you one of the biggest things working with buyers agents over the years that can really also help solidify mindset is schedule. Now, I know as buyer's agents, a lot of times, you know, schedule isn't the first place that we think of, right? We get into relationships and lead gen and all that fun stuff. But if we start with our schedule and we build a few things into that and we stay consistent with it, it will absolutely start to increase our conversion. Why? Because it's going to start to uncover way more opportunities when we're consistent in building our skills, in lead generation, in our lead follow-up, right? Because we spend so often building our relationships and then agents I talked to, they had a great conversation and then never talked to that person for 30, 35 days and started to blow that opportunity for conversion. So putting that into a strong schedule is a big thing for buyer's agents. So one of the things I want everyone to start with, if you're looking at, hey, how am I gonna increase my buyer business in 24? Start making a schedule. It should be built into our business plan as we're going forward into 2024. And look at the things that we're gonna do on a regular basis to build our mindset, to build our skills, to build our conversion as we're going forward. So now, I definitely want to look at those different pieces. Obviously, there's a lot of new ways for us to solve problems for buyers, and that can be part of building our skill set in that schedule every single day. So Nick, one thing one thing I think is important to point out um, because I get it, you know, when we when we talk schedule from the stage for instance, I have a lot of agents who work with buyers and say I couldn't yeah, buyer, buyers like are on demand. Like I, I, I can't put at two o'clock I'm doing paperwork. If somebody wants to see something at three, that I understand. But there is one rule you don't break. All right. I don't care if you're a listing agent or a buyer's agent. There's one rule you don't break. And that's this. The morning is for client generation. Yep. The afternoon is for servicing and showings. You don't show houses in the morning. All right, listen, I get it. There's going to be an exception. Somebody's you know only in town for a day or whatever, but stop taking showings in the morning. Because what happens is it throws off the rest of your day and you you might have a deal right now or you might have a client right now, but it's going to end up costing you later. So listen, I understand. And Nick, you, you know, you're, you'd be the first to say, Jeff, when a buyer lead comes in, I don't care what your schedule is. You got to respond in an instant that I'm OK with. However, leaving your office and going and showing houses in the morning when your morning should be a routine consistent of lead follow up and lead conversion of buyer leads that I that I do have a problem with. That is what leads to this roller coaster, yo-yo, up and down, good month, bad month. Just stick to the morning. It's client generation only. Don't show houses in the morning. Generate new business in the morning. All of your servicing, all of your showing, all of your negotiations, all of that takes place in the afternoon. And let me say, I say this as someone who fought Jeff tooth and nail on this for years because I'm a high eye and I'm different and I'm meeting with all my people. And Jeff had told me this for 10, 15 years ago. And as I adopted it more into my business, 
I served those people better. My business grew. It absolutely was. So I definitely say this as somebody who was so schedule resistant for a long time. And as we look at that too, there can be a bit of flexibility. But what's important that we nail down those daily tasks that help to build our business, grow our opportunities and serve our clients and put them into time blocks that we stay consistent with. As I train buyers agents, that's one of the first things that I see that can make a marked improvement in what's happening with them. Second piece of it too, and this is usually stuff that's not always attributed right to buyer's agents, but now more than ever, it's important. Buyer's agents, we need to know our numbers, not just of our market as a whole, but we want to be studying the numbers of the individual areas and cities that our buyers are interested in. Because today, we want to be able to bring as much value. Now, yes, Jeff's right. 23 years ago is when I started doing this. And I will say for a lot of you guys, this is a little weird, but it's true. Back then, there wasn't an internet where you could just go on and you would be able to have access to every single home out there. You needed an agent. An agent was the gateway to the available inventory out there. And today that's not the case. Pretty much every single person watching this right now has a little computer in their pocket and they have access to not just the entire MLS in their area, but the entire nation in so many cases. So we have to look at the ways to continue to increase value. And one of the ways is, is to be able to have a deep knowledge of what's happening in our market. And the important part, be able to convey that and break it down for our buyers. Awesome. What are yep. some of those numbers we should know? I'm sorry, go ahead, Jeff. Oh, go ahead. I just said that makes a lot of sense. What What are some of those numbers that we should know as buyer's agents and that we should be staying on top of on a regular basis? Number one, we want to know the inventory levels, right? How many months of inventory are available? Because why? It starts to talk a little bit about the demand, the supply, and how quickly it's going through. Now, what is that going to tell us as we're helping our buyers? where we may or may not have room for negotiation. If we're seeing that certain neighborhoods are moving faster and there's more bidding wars, then we have to pay attention in negotiation. If we see that other ones might be sitting on the market or accumulating inventory, that could play to our buyer's advantage just the same. Knowing our numbers is important. And as buyer's agents too, we should know about the inventory. Well, what's the difference between knowing about the inventory and knowing our numbers? We want to see what's available and start to make the comparison on condition versus price. Now, I know when some stuff comes on the market, a lot of us serve big markets and we would not be able to physically go see every home. But we need to be paying attention, especially in the areas and the price ranges that our buyers are shopping currently at what's available out there. How do they compare? In our experience, what are some of the really good values and what are some of the not so great values in the areas that we're shopping? Familiarity with our marketplaces is more important than it's ever been because not every home is just selling in a bidding war today. And the more we understand and can convey value, the stronger our value to the buyer is gonna be going forward. One more thing, next number I think that's really important for us as buyer's agents to understand, what's our average days on market in our marketplace? So we know when a home has been sitting for longer than it should, and we know when homes are selling quickly because they are a great value. Along with that number, the average list to sale ratio in our marketplace is another important one because of course, buyers want to talk to us today about negotiation. 
And if that buyer feels that everyone's getting 10% off, but the list to sale ratio in either a neighborhood or a marketplace is 97, 98% of sales price, which for our marketplace, that would be down. In some of our areas, neighborhoods, it's 103% and has been. Now, obviously, that will change as you know things change in the market. But knowing those ratios is going to be really important for educating our buyer on what is and isn't a good deal. Yeah. And what I love about that is it takes it off of you and kind of puts it on the market. So, yes. you know, when they think that things are softer and inter because interest rates are higher and you show them that in a zip code, because everyone's MLS can do this nowadays, you yes. can literally pull up a zip code and you can put last 30 days, last 90 days, last six months and show list price to sales price ratio. And if you're still seeing a number at 99% and they want to offer 10% under the asking price, it's not you saying, guys, you can't offer 10% less than asking. It's, well, let's take a look at what buyers are doing right now in this zip code in the last 90 days. Uh, looks like listings are selling at 99.2% of the ask price. So we can go a little lower and see what happens. But ultimately, you might need to be prepared to, to, to pay close to asking or even above it. Now it's not you. It's the market. And that's, I love that, that tactic so much. I hope everyone wrote that down. Moving forward, when you're working with a buyer, make sure you're paying attention to list price and sales price ratio in the exact zip code that they're about to write an offer in and make sure you share it with them. Absolutely. It's such important information for them to be able to go through and understand that. One of the other ones that's going to be important for us as well, what's the percentage of change that's happening in your market when it comes to units? Number one, that's an important thing. When people want to tell us how bad the market is, we should really know our numbers, not just be pontificating on what's bad versus good. We want to dive into, well, what does that mean? And when we're coming off record highs, if we're down 14%, is that really the same thing as when we think back to 2008, 2009, and some of these areas where we were beginning the real descent? So, no, I would say absolutely there's a big difference, and the numbers will bear that out when we really review them with our buyers quite often. Yeah, love that. Uh, next step is what we want to really be able to discuss with them. We talk about knowing our numbers. This is an important one. We want to understand where interest rates are and how that affects payment. To be able to have that conversation, and one of the things that I'm always trying to talk to my agents about is moving the conversation away from interest rate and onto dollars so that we can start to talk about what's affordable, what they're currently paying, and what is and isn't a good value in their eyes. If we're not aware of where their concerns are when it comes to interest rate and payment and some of those different things, then we're going to have a hard time illustrating value when it's there. And just to give you guys a quick example, I had this conversation with a buyer before, and they were a little bit worried, obviously, for where rates are. We've seen some improvement. I'm definitely grateful for that. Uh, and at the time, though, they were really concerned. And as we started looking at the dollar difference between what they were talking about, it was right around what they wished it was and what it actually was. It was right around $200, $225 a month. And yet in another conversation, they were okay paying seven to 8,000 over. Now, how many months of payments would that 8,000 bear out over you know, $225 a month? So changing that perspective away from, ooh, this isn't a good deal because of this rate to, hey, I can afford this payment. And this really helps my lifestyle. This puts me closer to whatever my motivation was in the very beginning. 
I'm going to help put that buyer in a much better place using those numbers. When we know our numbers, without a doubt, we will see an increase in conversion because we're helping the buyer eliminate the fear and understand exactly what they're getting into with the home. Okay, the next step that I wanna move into, and this has been important. This is actually, I'll take it all the way back into history. Uh, this is a Jeff Glover change in my career from years ago too. I was not heavily into qualifying when I very first started. And I did a lot of buyers, no doubt about that. I was moving them through, but the efficiency piece of it wasn't as profitable as it is today because I wasn't spending my time asking buyers qualifying questions. So when we want to increase conversion, qualification is going to be a giant piece of going through that process. And we do spend a lot of time, if you take the Buyer Business Accelerator class, we spend a fair amount of time talking about the process, the conversations around it, the scripts that go with qualifying our prospects to make sure they really are buyers. And I won't be able to spend the amount of time we need to on it today, but I just want to touch on some of the basics. And there's three things that I want our buyers agents out there to really understand before they decide to sink their time effort and commitment into a buyer. And we want them to understand the buyer's motivation. What's the reason for the move? Now, listen, guys, I want you to understand this too. We need to go deeper than just, hey, why do you want to move? Ah, you know, I, I just want something a little bit bigger. That is valid. We did ask the question. That's okay. But if we really want to understand this, we've got to get three deep into these questions, especially when it comes to the motivation. So if somebody tells me, yeah, I just need a bigger house. Okay. I can totally understand. That's great. Right. Cause we always want to affirm what they're telling us. Then from there, let's ask the next question. Hey, what's important about that bigger house for you? Oh, well, you know what? We actually, we have a young child now and my wife is pregnant. We're actually going to be having twins. And the place we're in now is a two bedroom. Okay. By going one more deeper, look at how much more information in that scenario I ended up with versus just that we need a bigger house. And so we want to go even another layer into that. And I'm going to go ahead and ask that same buyer. I understand that. And so getting the house with more space, ultimately, what does that do for you? Well, you know, I just want all the kids to have their own space. I, I want to be able to have workspace. And I just feel like it would give everybody their own room and they would be able to live and, you know, enjoy their space and not feel jammed up on top of each other. And we would just have more bliss in the house. Okay, now I'm to the core of what they're looking for in this move. If I would have stopped it, we want a bigger house. I wouldn't have near the level of understanding of their motivation versus going three deep. And, and here's the beauty. We can continue to explore this through more questions throughout the entire process. But now we're able to serve our client so much better by having a deeper understanding of the motivation. Beyond motivation, though, we also have to have a conversation about ability. And when I start to talk about this with agents, the most common thing that starts to come up is, oh, you mean you want us to get them pre-approved? And yes, I will say that is an important piece. I do want them to be pre-approved, but that's not all that there is to ability. When it comes into ability, we want to understand what's their current living situation. Are they tied into a lease? 
If they can get pre-approved, do they have enough for down payment? Do they also have enough for their closing costs, their prepaid items, all those different things that go along with it? So we want to go further than just, hey, did somebody look at your income and credit and give you this piece of paper? I mean, yes, that's a step. It's important. But we want to be able to get layers deep into that to help them be in the best position to move without getting caught with surprises that could sour the process because they did not understand the ability portion. So ability is our second piece. I want to make sure that we're getting into that qualification going deep. And then last but not least, one of the things that Jeff pounded into my head for years, understand their timeline. When are they looking to be into a home? And more importantly than even when, why is that timeline important for their move? When we understand that motivation, we understand that ability and that timeline. And let me tell you, timeline's a great place for us to go three deep because it really gives us a firm understanding of their expectations and what might their you know drop dead date might be of why. Now, for a lot of people, that could be school starting. It could be a job starting. It could be a multitude of things. But the more we understand about motivation, ability, and timeline, the higher our conversion rate is going to be with those buyers. So I definitely think that is a couple of really important pieces when we start yeah. to get into the qualification process. Well, and what people uh, probably don't realize what, what you just shared um, is going to give them a lot of their time back. And, you know, what you do with that time obviously is up to you, but I would look at it. And the whole reason why we pre-qualify is so that way we can spend time with people who are more motivated. And that doesn't mean that, you know, you're going to do the people who are less motivated a disservice. Um, that doesn't mean that that they're going to feel disrespected and that you're too busy for them. Uh, it just means that you're going to treat them with a little less urgency and and maybe free up some more time to go convert someone who wants to buy right now and, and wants to look at houses right now. And so I think that that's an area of opportunity for a lot of agents that work with buyers. They don't really prioritize. You know, yes. they work with a buyer who's six months out just as equally as a buyer who wants to find something in the next six weeks. And that's not the case because here's why. Always remember this, motivated buyers love working with motivated buyers agents. They do. Unmotivated buyers love working with unmotivated buyers agents. So now here's the deal. I'm not calling anyone out by saying you're unmotivated. I don't mean it like that. What I mean by is our job as buyers agents is to identify their motivation as quickly as possible on a scale from one to 10 and match it. So let's just pretend everyone on here is highly motivated, highly energized. I mean, you're all joining us, you know, to get better. So I know you're all motivated. And let's just say the average of this Zoom is you're all in an eight and a half out of 10 on your motivation to take action. Well, if you've got a buyer that's operating at a four and a half because they're just not that motivated right now, that doesn't mean they're not going to be an eight and a half later. The problem is if you show up as an eight and a half to someone who's at a four and a half right now, they're going to be offended. They're going to be turned off. They're going to think you're pushy. Now watch, there's a reverse of this as well. If you got a buyer, Nick, that's ready to go right now, listen, our house is pending. We got to go now. If you don't tune your motivation up to match theirs, if they're a 10 and you're hanging out in an eight and you're following up with them every couple of days, or maybe, you know, once in the morning and once at night, that's not going to work for them because, by the way, between the morning at night, they're calling, they're texting, they're emailing, they're driving, they're shopping, they're going on every single app to find a house because their house just went under contract. So a real important lesson here is identify as quickly as possible on a scale from 1 to 10 their motivation and match it. 
You're going to have to raise yours or lower yours, and that's okay. That's why every buyer should be treated a little bit different based on their motivation. Absolutely. And a quick way to identify, are they not responding? Are they not calling you back? Are they not texting you back? They're telling you that that motivation isn't there. Does that mean that it won't mature in time? No, I mean, we're not going to give up our lead follow-up, but we don't want to pretend that they are more motivated when they're not. We want to hear that message, still deliver our value, but focus our attention on the most motivated people. And for my amiables out there, hey, I don't want to bother them. And I'm going to tell you, this was this came to me before I, I felt this way. I talked to Jeff about it. You know what he said? You are never going to annoy a motivated prospect. Never. Now, you might annoy the unmotivated, but yeah. when they are motivated, you will never annoy them with no, strong service it. and good lead follow-up. They appreciate it. They, they want someone who's a little more on the aggressive side. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so what do we got to talk about now? We've got to talk about objection handling because the truth is today, there is more fear in the market than there has been in a while. Why? Because things are starting to change. And oftentimes change will bring fear, not just for buyers, but for everybody out in the market. So what happens when we start to get fear in the market? We start to get objections. And sometimes people out there, they get objections and they're like, oh man, this thing's coming up. But here's the thing. I want to change mindset around that because when they are giving you these objections, here's what they're actually telling you. They're saying, hey, Nick, I'm interested. I'm fearful. I don't want to just dive into this. I don't want to mess this up, but I'm definitely interested in buying a house and being involved in this market and moving forward with whatever that motivation might be. So right out of the gate, yes, are we going to dive in? Are we going to get some objections? We are. But when we do, smile a bit inside. Know that you're on the right path. Know that you are closer than you ever were to finding a buyer that you can help get into a home because those objections mean that they really do want to buy with you. So what do we got to do? We got to know what those objections are and we've got to be able to start to dive in and give them logical answers that lead them to the conclusion of what or what is not in their best interest. So What's some of the most common things that we're kind of seeing today? I don't think it's any surprise to anyone that buyers are worried about what's going on with interest rates. Jeff, are you hearing this too? I'm sorry. Somehow I accidentally muted myself there. Oh, I was just uh, saying the yeah, biggest no, objection is interest rates, right? Uh, number one, yeah. Number one objection, we want to wait for rates to come down. And here's the deal. I'm actually getting it, even though they're starting to come down, I'm getting it more because they're seeing that they're coming down. So it's like, oh, good. We definitely want to wait now. So we got some handlers for that. I'm, I'm excited for Nick to share them with you. So you're actually going to hear that. You, you think because they're coming down, you're going to hear it less? No, no, no. You're going to hear it more because when they were hanging out in the high sevens, the low eights, we had no idea how long we were going to be there for. So so we weren't here. We were hearing it, but not as much. Now we're hearing it more because there's signs of them coming down. So get ready to hear it even more and, and get ready to use these handlers because they're effective. They work. Absolutely. And we've got to dive into the conversation too, right? Because people are saying it. They're saying, hey, maybe I should wait. I mean, maybe they're going to come down a little bit more. And listen, that is a possibility. And at the same time, I think if we go back to 2002, a lot of people were kind of in that same thing. And if we go back in there, our interest rates were kind of similar. And what happened? And I actually personally had a couple of buyers that were in that same mindset. They were kind of gonna wait it out. They were waiting for that six and a half to come on down. 
And what happened? It ended up moving up. And so I think we do need to have that conversation with buyers and, and really ask, hey, you could absolutely wait, but what happens if those rates do move up? And in a lot of our markets, even though the rates have moved up, here's the reality. Appreciation has not completely gone away. Is it at the same level it may have been months and months ago? No, not always. In some markets it is, but no, in some, some cases. But here, at least locally, in a lot of places in the Midwest, it's trickled, but it is still moving up. So those poor buyers, not only did they end up facing a percent more in rate, but they ended up paying 10000 more for the same neighborhood because of just waiting over that time frame. So what happens if those rates go up is one of the first things that we want to be able to talk about. And we want to reference those situations where it did. 2002 is definitely a time that we can reference. But if we start looking back throughout the history, even of the 2000s, there's been multiple times where the market has thought rates would go one way and they've gone another way. So I want to, again, be able to kind of move that away from, hey, where's it going to go to what happens if they move up and it ends up costing us more? Would we be in a better position or a worse position than if we bought today? Real important one that I think we want to get into. Another one that I want to talk about uh, as we start to get into rates is, hey, you know what, Nick, I want to wait. I think that, you know, we're going to see them come down in the spring or we're going to see them come down next year. And, you know, I always kind of dive into the same conversation when it comes to that. And I say, you know, hey, you know what's interesting about that? You are that. Now, listen, in this case, how many people are you talking to as an agent is going to dictate where you're going in this conversation? For me, it's right around that seven mark. I do hear that. We talk to as a team, a lot of people every day. Where are you at? Is it two or three people? But if you're working in this marketplace right now, no doubt you are hearing this from buyers. And so insert whatever your number is into the subjection handler. For me, it's right around that seven. Hey, I hear that six, seven times a week. Yeah. And you know, what's really interesting is that concerns me a little bit. And can I tell you why? And what happened to us? Now, again, this isn't even that far when we start to look at this history, guys. And knowing the history of what's happened with our rates is important, even the recent history. Yep. What happened in 2001? In 2001, the rates moved down. You know, the government really pushed things down. We started seeing three and a quarter. We started three and three, seven, five, and the market skyrocketed. And we started seeing not just pricing moving up, but we started seeing bidding wars. And in some cases, we were seeing tens of thousands of dollars in appraisal guarantee and overvalue. And of course, at that point, sellers' concessions pretty much evaporated, whereas we as a team in the last several months have gotten about 10 different deals together with substantial seller concessions. Of course, you know, in that stage, that's gone. So we really want to look at what does happen when rates go down and of course inventory still stays low would we be in the best place as a buyer at that moment or or here's another question for our buyers that we want to ask would we be in a better position to go ahead and avoid paying above and avoid cash guarantees and instead just go back to the bank and refinance what we got with a better deal and a possible seller concession or all those things that might be a little bit more available now versus when those rates start to come down. We want to make that comparison to what had happened at that point in the marketplace. 
the last thing that we want to dive into as we start talking. Just, just to recap, uh, number one is, you know, what happens if you wait and they go up? So that's just kind of warming them up to create a little conversation. And then the next one is really like, hey, don't be like everyone else because it's going to end up costing you more anyways. And you can reference what you, you know, what you said happened in 21 last time rates came down after COVID. Absolutely. Uh, and so now if that's not effective, that they're still not getting it. What do we do now? Well, listen, if they're still not getting it, we've got to start to dive into an important question. And we've got to really ask them, hey, Jeff, what rate would you feel comfortable? Now, I also want you guys as agents to understand, as you're going through this question, this should be a bit of a qualifying question for you. Are they giving you an answer as we start to talk about this that's unrealistic? Are they waiting for a scenario that might not come back again? And, and you know, I've gotten this. Hey, Nick, I'm ready to go when rates come back in the threes. You know, okay, I hear what you're saying. But as an agent, am I going to be able to stake my future business on when rates come back into the threes? Or might I have to find something, somebody that needs to move? Because if we're only moving based on where rates are, it tells us that our motivation just isn't super high. Most of us aren't moving because of the financial opportunity. We're moving because it improves our life in some specific way. Guys, remember that as buyer's agents. It's not always going to be as much dollar for dollar as it is about their improvement and lifestyle. Sometimes it's school system. Sometimes it's space. Sometimes it's, you know, safer, nicer neighborhoods, whatever it is. Remember to lean further into the improvement. Now, if they're going to give you resistance, that's the part we want to talk about. So I'm going to ask that buyer, hey, Mr. Buyer, tell me, what is the rate that would have you move? What's the one that would work? What would, what would get you to take action in this moment? Then I want to dive into that question. And I got to ask it. I want to follow it up. And I'm going to say, hey, what if I could get the seller to buy your rate down to that? Yeah. Now, listen, Jeff, you know this. I'm not guaranteeing that every seller on the house you specifically want is going to buy your rate down. Yeah. But I want to present the scenario to them. And I want to say, hey, what if they would? And I want to be able to explore the question more for that. Now, for a lot of us out there, we do know if we can get negotiation, right, maybe that seller was a little bit excited on price and we're able to go ahead and negotiate something down or we're able to even more importantly, sometimes we can go ahead and negotiate a good chunk in seller concessions. A lot of times we can buy a rate down about 1% for anywhere between $75 and $8,500, depending on lender, depending on pricing at the time, all those different things. So on a $300,000 home with that 3% concession, a lot of times we could get it bought yeah. down. But we want to dive into that question and find out what objections are we really facing? Or yeah. is it really just that situation where they are concerned that, hey, this is the number and I would do it here? Because that's where you're going to hear, well, because watch, if you hit them with the first one, you hit them with the second one, and you come back with this one, and if you're still getting a, well, okay, there's more to this. And this is where that real objection will come out, such as, well, to be honest, Nick, our kids don't, you know, graduate. They got one more year left in high school. So we really want to wait. We're thinking of waiting a year. So it wasn't really about the rates. Yes, that might play into it because I guess we're kind of hopeful that they might come down. And I don't care what the what the feds say about cutting rates. They said that last year and rates got hit to 8%. Don't you forget that. So, you know, um, they're going to come up with the real objection. Like, you know, yeah. well, we got to save up a little more money for our down payment. They're going to, they're going to, 
that's when the real objection is going to come out. If, if they don't respond to number three, um, at that point, you're, you're probably just setting up on a drip campaign and you're moving on, right? Yes, absolutely. And agents out there, I want you to avoid that, right? You know that scenario we're talking about. What's the number one reason that agents stick with it? They don't want to go back and start looking for new business. But the reality is that buyer isn't going to buy, but they will drain your time, your resources, your energy, your mindset. This is where the schedule comes in, because when we are working that schedule, we do not have to compromise on unmotivated prospects. Mm -hmm. Very true. So I definitely think that is a lot of what we're facing today is definitely interest rate objections. I think there's a couple of important concepts and I, we don't have a ton of time. So I just want to just touch on a couple of these really quick yep. that we really want to be able to be educated on to provide more value for our clients. Obviously, we talked about the numbers. Understand the history of appreciation and the things that have affected it within your market. Because while we can't guarantee where future appreciation is going, we know if those factors are still strong, they make sense for a buyer in the future, right? Most of our buyers, they're not trying to buy and move in 24 months. They're going to be in their home for a little while. And most of us, when we look at our marketplaces, they have a history of appreciation that makes sense especially if we're making that comparison versus renting. So we want to be able to understand and be able to have those concepts, discuss them with our people. Obviously, the other one I talked about with you guys just now, most people aren't moving because of the financials. They are moving for quality of life. So let's dig into that. Let's keep the focus on the positives of the quality of life because we know this, guys. We can always go back and refinance a house but what we can't do is renegotiate a sales price. So let's look at what changes the quality of life now. Say that again. For those Hold on. Say that again. And everybody better. I hope you have written that down. Say that again, please. Here's the one thing we can always do. We can always go back and we can refinance this house, guys. Here's what we can never do. We can never go back and renegotiate our sales price. So is it to our advantage to buy when there's more inventory? History tells us it is. Yeah. So you can refinance the mortgage. You cannot renegotiate the purchase price. So if you get stuck, if rates come down and you get stuck throwing 35, 45, 50, 100 grand over appraisal or over asking price, you're not getting that money back. But if you buy at 7% right now and rates come down to five and a half in a year or two or whatever, you're, you're able to get your money back. You're not locked into 7% for 30 years. You're locked into 7% until you refinance. And when you make a decision to pay over asking or pay over appraisal, that money is gone. You're not getting that money back. Absolutely. It's so important. And for us to be able to express these concepts is absolutely one of the most important things for us to do with our clients, helping them understand it. So often a buyer has a short-term view because they're really in the moment and they're spending the most money they ever have. And one of the things that we can do to really help them on this journey is readjust it and say, hey, you're going to be here for a few years. Can we deal with the payment, right? Because if I'm focused on the rate, I'm going to be more scared. But if I'm looking at that payment and so often, especially this, this is what I'm finding. When they're coming from a renting situation, the difference in that payment really is in their favor oftentimes when buying. And so one more thing I want to just talk a little bit about while the market is slow. 
understand about your programs locally that might be those lower or zero down type of programs and how to get people in where we can talk about payment and maybe upfront money isn't as big of a barrier. Because here's the thing, when the market speeds up and rates go down, a lot of those programs won't be able to compete and those buyers will be completely back out of the market. So again, a rare opportunity to serve those buyers that might need some of the most help in the marketplace. Love that. Awesome. So listen, Nick, if people want to work with you on a regular basis, regardless of whether they're labeled as a buyer's agent or they just want to be better at converting buyers, because there's a lot more to it, right? There's, sure. okay, where do my leads come from? How do I convert them? Because people don't realize every source of business requires a different script. A Zillow lead requires a different script than somebody walking into an open house. So if somebody really wants to get good, at all of the buyer lead sources, all of the conversion, the buyer consultation, the the offer consultation, the the lead follow up, everything from start to finish, they have an opportunity to work with you for sixteen weeks, sixteen weeks straight. Everything buyers, and not only will this make agents a lot more money, but I think about how much time it'll save them and how much time they'll be able to give back to either their family or generating more buyer business. So, can you tell us uh, what it's like to work with you for sixteen weeks? What are we going to be doing? Well, Jeff, what we're going to do is we're going to really lay out a complete system start to finish to be able to have an efficient, profitable buyer business. What we're going to be doing in the class is going all the way from the beginning of going through and generating leads, learning the scripts that are going to be the most effective. We're going to dive into social media. We're going to talk about how we connect with our buyers. We talk about creating video to attract buyers and give the most value in that aspect of it as well. But we also get into the mechanics. We talk about negotiating. We talk about strategies built around negotiating. We talk about, of course, one of the most important things that agents have been getting away from in the few years, and it's coming back because it means more than ever, the buyer consultation. And yeah, it's a little different than the old days. It's not this dry, stuffy conference room thing today anymore, but it's really an important aspect of learning our expectations of our buyer, learning our ability, getting to know them and how to give them the very best experience. Beyond that, it also goes over the customer service aspect, making sure that once we've sold them a house, it doesn't end. The relationship doesn't disappear there. And Jeff, you know this, in the in the marketplace today, one of the worst things that happens is they go out with their agent, they have a great experience, and then boom, the agent's gone. They disappear. They never hear again. Those buyers want to work with us again and again. And so we've got to be able to give them service after the sale just the same. And Buyer Business Accelerator lays out a complete plan start to finish. And we take 16 weeks. We go into each of these subjects in depth and we have an area where I can even help you specifically with the buyers that you're dealing. We leave a little time at the end of every single class to yeah. dive into the agent's personal buyers at the moment and yeah. discuss it as a group. And of course, they get a ton out of that. So many buyers that agents that have come through. And I would say this, a yeah. lot of team leaders also go through the class yeah. so that they can help grow and develop yeah. their buyer's agents. So it's yeah. definitely well, not just for teams. buyer's agents. We have teams and brokerages now that that just hire us to train all of their buyer's agents because they know this is the most thorough sales training there is. And I want to emphasize sales training. Um, you know, when you get your real estate license, they don't teach you how to sell. Uh, when you join your brokerage, in most cases, they're not really teaching you how to be a salesperson. Yeah, you know, they're giving you a CRM and they're giving you some resources and they're giving you some videos, but they're not actually 
making you become a great salesperson. And one of one of the one things I love about about Nick is he has mastered the sales profession specifically as it relates to working with buyers. So when I think about going through this class, you're going to get a PhD in buyer agency sales skills, everything from start to finish. So for my team leads on or my broker owners, you might want to consider using this for your training if you've got agents that want to increase their buyer business. But listen, we know Nick Buyers aren't going anywhere, and as rates continue to either stay where they're at or come down a little bit or go up, the value of being a great buyer's agent is, is going to be necessary, uh, especially in the market that we're in today. Two years ago, you know, it, it was like, do you want the house or not? Take it or leave it. Today, it doesn't work that way. Buyers are actually shopping around realtors. They're actually interviewing agents again. And if you don't have a strong buyer value proposition, which is something else that's taught in the class, then they're going to consider working with somebody else. So if you want more information on this, just text the word buyer to 55444. That's B-U-Y-E-R to 55444. You can work directly with Nick for 16 weeks. And as he said, it's a 45-minute live Zoom and 10 to 15 minutes at the end of Q&A. So you get to – it's interactive. You're not sitting and watching a recording. There's homework assigned every session, so get ready for some homework. There's accountability because you get access to a private Facebook group of all of the buyer business accelerator graduates. So it's a lot more than just signing up for a coaching program because it is group coaching. No, no doubt. I mean, it is group coaching if you want to be a better buyer's agent, that's for sure. Now, if you're – Interested in learning more, just text the word buyer to 55444. You'll get all the details on that. Nick, anything you want to add to that? Uh, listen, this is the bottom line. There is a great time emerging for us as buyer's agents right now. The, the business has been tougher for buyer's agents in the past several years. And the opportunity for us to really be able to be more efficient, to be able to do more business is out there today. And it's going to be better than it has been. So if you haven't been focused as much on the buyer side of your business, now is the time. Now is the time to really also use these buyers to build an unbelievable SOI to carry you forward into the years. And it will always pay off. No doubt about that. They're not they're not falling in our lap like they used to. That's for sure. No. So if you want to meet Nick, by the way, and you're not necessarily ready to sign up, you've got another opportunity to do so. And that's at our Live Unreal Summit this January. In fact, Nick, do you know it's exactly one month from today? We're kicking off my cowboy boots out, Jeff. I'm yeah, getting get them out your cowboy boots ready for Monday night. One month from today, we're kicking off the Live Unreal Summit in Phoenix, Arizona. Nick, you've got a breakout session every single day. We're we're talking buyer consultations, offer consultations. We're spending a lot of time talking about buyers from the main stage and in breakouts. And you've got an opportunity to come join us either in Nick's program or next month, a, a month exactly from today. Check your flights. They're still super cheap to get to Phoenix. Those of you on the West Coast, it's going to be super easy for you to get there. We have over 1,000 people that are planning on coming to this. So you're going to be surrounded by agents from all brokerages, all brands. As you know, Glover U is broker agnostic. And we all have one purpose and one mission, and that is to become great salespeople for 2024. And it starts with winning buyers. So thank you so much for your time today. If you want to join us next month, a month from today, go to GloverU.com forward slash summit. Otherwise, we'll see you in Nick's course starting in February. It starts the first week of February. We'll see you next month. We'll see you the first week of February. Thanks for coming out, guys. We'll see you next week. Jeff Glover's real estate team has the highest per agent production in the state year after year. Want to know their secret? It's Sales Rocket. Skills, leads, systems, and it's available to you too. Sales Rocket is the virtual training platform that Jeff puts all of his agents through. 
in 31 pre-recorded video sessions taught by Jeff Glover himself, you'll master lead generation, lead conversion, presentation skills, time management, implementation of scalable systems, and more, all at your own pace. It's everything you need to know and do to accelerate your production and close more transactions. Access Jeff Glover's own training platform, Sales Rocket, at gloveru.com slash salesrocket. Get started today.